1: This is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is Lisa Nash. In 2018, Lisa had a near-death experience due to a cardiac event, and today we're going to learn about it. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome.
0: Thank you. I appreciate being here.
1: All right. So most of our guests love to hear about near-death experiences, and if you don't mind, can we start on the day that yours happened?
0: First of all, I'd I'd like to say it's, I've never told my story before, um, from beginning to end, um, for many reasons. Um, but, so this is the first time. So, um, it's, it's hard for me to talk about it. Um, it's, it's been several years and it's very hard to get my head wrapped around what happened. Um, I still can't get my head wrapped around it, but I think it's time to get it out and, um, figure it out. Um, it's been long enough. So what happened was um, I had been in three car accidents, and I had neck surgery where I had two disc replacements, C5-6 6 and C6-7. 6, and I was so, so sick. I couldn't stand up without throwing up my, and my blood pressure going so high that I'd faint. It took two people to get me out of bed into a commode, my arms are paralyzed, my fingers were all curled up, and I um, thought I was gonna die. Um I really felt like I was going to die. And the night before it happened, I just had this bad feeling and I, I begged my my ex-partner, please stay. Like I just I, I said please I just don't feel right. Something's gonna happen tonight. I don't feel safe please stay with me. And um, I just sensed something like pending. And the next morning, very early, I woke up and, you know, with the nurses and my heart was racing like crazy. Um, And how I ended up in the hospital is I was waiting for the neurosurgery appointment with the special neurosurgeon who was gonna replace these disc replacements that had failed. So I had all the tests prior and everything was all ready and organized and planned prior to my appointment. So when I walked in the door, the neurosurgeon would be able to say, Yep, we've got to send her right over for emergency surgery. The you know the surgery room is, is ready for her, and bang, bang boom, done. Well, I get there and he says it's not her neck, she doesn't need disc replacement. Um, replaced. this is a cardiac event. She needs to go to the emergency room immediately. So I was transferred by ambulance to the emergency room and um, my best friend from high school called me and I, I had my phone and I picked it up and she said, what's going on? I just feel something's going on. And I said, I think I'm going to die. Just pray for me. And I hung up and they admitted me to the hospital and I woke up the next day and there was a doctor standing in front of me and he said, Don't I know you from somewhere? And I said, I don't know. Are you from Boston? I'm from Boston. And I'm I'm in New York. I don't even know what hospital I'm at. And he's, you know, explained where I was. He's like, I, I I definitely know you. I said, Well, unless you're from Boston, I've never been here before. I don't know any doctors here. And he said, well, I don't agree with the drug regimen that you're on. And I said, well, obviously my body agrees with you. Um, It doesn't agree with the drugs either. And I've always been all natural until just recently. And this was just supposed to hold me over until I had my disc replacements that failed replaced. And now, you know, I've come to find that it's not my neck that's causing these problems. It's my heart. And I, you know, my neurosurgeon sent me over for an emergency cardiac workup, and he says, it, "This is this is all drugs," and they start treating me like I'm a drug addict. And I'm like, "Please talk to the neurosurgeon, and he'll tell you I, I need a halter monitor on. You know, I need I need my I need my heart checked." my heart is racing. It's killing me. Help me, please. Like this, we can deal with my, my pain medicine afterwards, but let's get my chest pain under control first. And so it took a day after that for them to get the halter monitor. And as soon as they put me on it, then they treated me completely different. Um, And they started me on heart medication Um, and then they started me on another heart medication. And the next day I woke up and I didn't take the medication right away. It was so early. Like I just couldn't take that strong medication that was going to knock me out. I needed to just wake up, you know, because they, they were just, it was just, I was being drugged and I didn't take it. And my heart went crazy. And I was screaming and pressing the button for help. And my roommate was pressing her button. She was a, um, a, a nurse's assistant. And I never saw her, but there was a curtain between us. But she was a very nice woman from Jamaica. And she was yelling, help, help her, help her, help her. She's not faking it. She doesn't do this. She wouldn't be, she wouldn't be pretending. Please help her, help her. This is serious, and at that time, I was taking my last breaths. It was so hard to breathe; every like my chest was killing. It was beating out of my uh, out of my chest, and I every breath was a, a battle, and each one got harder and harder and harder. And as it was happening, I was praying, and. I didn't know who. And the Jamaican woman said to me, who are you praying to? And I didn't know how to answer her. Do I say God? Do I say Jesus? Do I say Buddha? You know, do I say Mother Mother Earth? Do I say universal energy? Like, what's the right thing to say? And I just, as I was thinking this, my mouth i could feel foam coming out of it and i could feel my fingers and my toes going numb and the numbness went from like the tips of my toes and the tips of my fingers in towards my heart until i couldn't feel my body anymore and i yelled out god and i couldn't speak anymore and it was getting harder and harder to breathe but she began speaking the thoughts that were in my head, the prayers that I would have been saying out loud, screaming for help. She was saying exactly what I was thinking out loud. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I must be dying. And we are all connected. We are a web. We are one. She and I are one right now. How can we not be if she's saying out loud what I'm thinking? And I'm probably unconscious because I can't feel my body. And I can feel the foam dripping down my face. So I know I'm, I'm not right. <laughs> but how can she know what I'm thinking? So there has to be a God. God. And it has to be God, because that's what I said. I remember saying God. Remember, and, and she told me, she said, you have to pick one. You have to pick. And that's why I couldn't decide who to pick. Who do I choose? Because they're all to me, they're all the same. Like they're all goodness and 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 love and one. <laughs> they're all what I experienced. Um but it was happening and I didn't want to go and I could hear and see everything everywhere. Like I could see her and I had never seen her before because the curtain was always closed, but I could see her and I could see her frantically pushing the button and screaming and praying. And I could hear this horrible voice singing in this language I didn't understand. And it was driving me nuts. And I was like, would it please just stop? I could hear the phones ringing. I could, I could see people, like I could see the the hospitalist talking about how, how could she leave me that she should have listened to me the day before, that it was her fault that I was going to die, that it, it had nothing to do with drugs. It was a cardio event, just like I said that she should have called the the neurosurgeon the day before. And now she didn't have the courage to be with me because it was too late. And I was right. And she was wrong. And she was going to have to live with that guilt forever. And I could, I could, I could feel what she was feeling. And I actually felt bad for her. I was, and I'm, I was thinking like, we just made a mistake. We just made a mistake. that's you know what medicine is. It's a practice. you know I'm, I'm, you're gonna learn from me. And um, I woke up. Oh I, I remember I remember them finally coming in. I remember a nurse coming in, a really young girl. Oh, it's weird talking about it. I, I can remember more things. Um, She said, you should have taken your medicine. And she had a cup of pills and there was no water or anything to drink. And she shoved them down my throat and she's like, swallow them, swallow them. And I just, I needed water and, I can, I can feel the feeling of the pills and the taste of them going down my throat. And then they gave me more pills and they put oxygen on my nose. And when my partner finally got there, I was telling him, you know, he asked the nurse what happened and she said she had a panic attack and she she's fine, don't worry about it. And he was trying to convince me that I was just hallucinating from the drugs they had me on and um, you know, that none of what I was telling him really happened. And then I reached under the blankets and the pill bottles, the pill cups were there, two of them. And the oxygen was there. And I was like, I remember this, this was real. I remember these cups. I remember this oxygen. I'm remembering it. I'm remembering more now. And the the Jamaican woman beside me was spent. Like she was just like unconscious. She just didn't move. It was like it. I feel like she took all of. Maybe she took all of my. Illness away because she wanted to be with her husband. She would pray in the middle of the night for God to please take her so she could be with her husband. And she had multiple myeloma. And um, it was, it's as if she took the sickness out of me, like there was a divine intervention and uh, the illness that I had in my body left my body when she connected to me and went into her body and I was healed. And, she took it on for me and she is going to be with God and her husband because of it.
1: Did you ever figure out what the Indian chanting was?
0: Yes. Um, weeks later, <laughs> it was Indian chanting. You're right. And it was the, the life chant. And, uh, one of my best friends from high school lives in, uh, Boulder, Colorado, and um, she's the one that called me in the ambulance, and I told her I thought I was going to die. Please pray for me, and she began sang, singing the Indian Life Chant, and when I spoke to her on the phone, she said, well, did you hear me? Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I said, I don't know. Sing for me, you know, and she did. And I was like, oh, my God. I love you dearly, but your voice was the annoying voice Mm. that kept me alive. Because every time I just wanted to let go, it just would have been easier to just let go instead of fighting for that breath. You would start again. Over and over and over and over. I was like, I just wanted you to stop and let me be go to sleep and you wouldn't stop. And she she said, I wouldn't stop chanting until I knew you were okay.
1: Wow, that's I would assume that would have been amazing confirmation for you that you hear this woman over a thousand miles away during your experience
0: it wasn't just that. It was other weird stuff that happened after that. Um, After I got out of the hospital, I was in the shower for the, probably the first time since I got out of the hospital several days later. And um, I started singing in my head a song in Hebrew and I'm not Jewish. I was raised Catholic. Um, and the song is Shalom Havarim. And I was singing it over and over and over again. And I know every word to the song. I can still sing it.
1: Have you heard that song before?
0: I had never heard the song before. And so when I got out of the shower, I Googled Shalom. And I didn't know how to spell Havarim. So I figured C-H-E-M, Hava, C-H-E-V. And Arim came up as the word that matched in in the Google search. I clicked on it, took me to a YouTube video. I pushed the button and it was the song. And it means go in peace, my friend, until I see you again. Go in peace, my friend, until I see you again.
1: What other supernatural things have happened to you?
0: I predicted that my aunt and my father would pass on the same day. And they did within an hour of each other. Um, I've had animals, all sorts of animals attracted to me. Um, Dolphins, manatees, birds. And I'm petrified of birds. And I've had four different birds um in bird incidences. <laughs> I mean, I had a bird come into a house and and in and, and at my dad's condo and sit on the refrigerator. and when we finally shoot him out, he when we were in the dining room, he was on the balcony in the dining room, and my friend said, Hi, George. Mm-hmm. And then when we went in the bedroom, he popped over to the bedroom balcony and watched us and stayed with us. Um, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a totally different person. I have this knowing that God is with me, and that we are, we are like a ball of yarn, like we are all connected. You know, on on all faces of the earth, we, we touch each other somehow, some way. Um, and I, I've started to learn, you know, I, I, do, I don't know the Bible at all. So I started to learn more about the Bible. And I, 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 I every day ask Jesus, what do you want me to do? You, you saved me for a reason. So I have a job. What's my job? For the day, and once my job is over, then I can stop breathing, and I'm not afraid of dying anymore. I I know what it's like to die alone. Um, I prefer to have people around me, um, touching me, holding my hand, telling me they love me. Um, but I could do it alone. Because I wouldn't be alone because Jesus and God would be there with me. And um and and I could hear my friend singing to me, she was right there. You know, I, I could I could see so many people. I mean, I, I'm just telling you a small set of what I could see, but I could see everything. It was just I could see and hear. So much it was too much. It was it was overwhelming. There was just too much stimulation. I just wanted it all to be quiet. That's why I wanted to go to sleep, escape it all, and um, stop the pain.
1: You said that you were raised Catholic. After your experience, did you become more or less religious?
0: I'm not religious at all. I'm spiritual. I, I, I know that. God has a plan for me. I don't know what that plan is, but I trust it completely. And I wake up every day and I ask, you know, what is my job and what should I do? And it's amazing what ends up happening to my days when I don't plan them. And, you know, I was was a software engineer and I went into project planning. You know, I ended up founding a company. I I organize things. I plan projects. I build software. Um, So I'm the planner. And for me not to plan the day, you know, make a list and get it done, is not Lisa. So I have learned through my experience, I have to fight not to be Lisa because my plan isn't what is the plan um and i have to learn how to let go of trying to control the plan because i know how quickly things can change and i mean i've regained my health um i'm not all the way there but you know i was in a neck brace for seven years i'm not in a neck brace anymore i can swim i can walk um You know, I I can cut an onion. That was my biggest goal at one point: was to cut an onion fine, Um, to be able to cut carrots and potatoes, and you know, I I, and make my bed. That was that was a huge deal for me to make my bed. Um, You know, and I have I have more goals. I you know I have to. My fingers were all curled up, so you know I want to learn how to play my piano again because my fingers are still sore. Um, So I, I have. You know, I have a ways to go in in my healing still. But I try to think of it like God healed my body, but my body's not as fast as God's time. And my body needs to rest and catch up. And, you know, now when I'm tired, I take a nap and I don't push myself like I used to. And I'm quiet a lot. And, you know, I, I read two books every day, Jesus Calling, and then I read another book. It's like a message from God. And um, those. I, that's how I start my day. Mm. And, you know, I play the song, Let It Be. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to just let it be and see what the plan is. Mm.
1: And what other ways have you changed?
0: I think I'm more understanding or more forgiving to other people. Because I don't know what they're going through. Um, because they too could be. Holding a secret like I am. That I almost died. You know I don't talk to people about this. Because you know I i, I did write a Facebook post. And I didn't get a whole lot of love back. From sharing my story. Um, and I think I got a. The whole uh, the reality is, I lost a lot of friends mm. um, because I was sick, and because you know, when we say things like "you almost died," they think you're crazy. Yeah. They don't, and um, you know, my doctor believed it when I saw him. He hugged me, and he cried. And he said, I yeah, I thought you had one to three days. He's like, I can't believe you, you made it. I can't believe you survived. He said, I, I I totally believe there was a divine intervention, but there's no reason you should be here. And, no. You know, if he's the only one in the world that believes me, then um, I don't care if anyone else does. And, you know, that, that's... That's part of why I don't share my story because people just don't get it unless it's happened to them. It's like you don't get what it's like to be chronically ill unless you've been that way. You know, I mean, if you haven't been in a neck race for seven years, how could you possibly understand what it's like?
1: So would you say that this experience healed your, your bad discs in your neck?
0: Absolutely. Because my neck is in the shape of a Z right now. It's, the, the surgery that was done was done crooked. I canceled the second surgery and opted for alternative treatments um, that the athletes get regenerative medicine gotten platelet-rich plasma and Atlas orthogonal treatment to basically my C1 and C2 were twisted and rotated from the car accidents. And um, I am... You know, I, I've, I should be in agony. I should be on horrible pain medication. I should be in terrible nerve pain because, you know, I have stenosis in my entire upper cervical neck, and I have a herniated disc and a bulging disc. And I mean, there's something wrong with every ligament in, in, from you know C zero to T two, and I don't hurt. So, you know, how can I be better like this? You know, and, and I met a lot of people when I was at the doctors um, in upstate New York who had to have a similar injury as me. A lot of them from car accidents and they're still getting treatment and you're still as sick as I was back then. And, I'm swimming laps. You know, I can't wait to post my post today. I did, I did, I did, I did freestyle for the first time last Friday. Um, in uh, probably since my first car accident in 2010, and I did it. You know, my neck is a little sore, my back's a little sore, but you know, wouldn't yours be if you were you started swimming and you did a whole lap? Sure. Um, the fact is I can do it like, you know, from what they told me, I should have had, you know, my entire neck fused and I should be in a wheelchair and I'm not, I'm, I can dance, you know, I, I can, I can live again. And, um, I feel like I was chosen to live again purposely to be part of some sort of, I don't know, team. That's going to help, you know, I, I, I help people who have the injuries that I have. And I talk to people all the time from all over the world. And my doctor sends me people. And a lot of times they're nearly suicidal. And when they hang up with me, they feel hopeful. And, um, you know, when I post my posts in the Facebook groups, I'm on, I spread inspiration and hope and, And and people are getting better because they hear my story about my neck injury and how I fixed it. Mm -hmm. And um, the near-death experience, I don't really share with them because I don't want to scare them that, you know, what they're going through, they could end up like I really ended up. And so I don't share that that part with them at all.
1: Do you have any negative after effects from your near-death experience that you have to live with?
0: Well, I'm still dealing with the heart condition that was created um, from all the drugs they put me on. Um, but that is improving the use of essential oils and CBD, and I make my own capsules, and I work with a functional medicine doctor and take a lot of you know homeopathic stuff um, to heal my body from what I endured um i you know my the doctors i work with are i you know the, the things I, I i'm actually getting a blood test coming up soon where you know we're going to check my adrenal deficiency to see if you know from being under all that stress all this time has caused adrenal deficiency and you know my vitamin d levels and things like that that you know regular doctors don't check Um, so, you know, I, I, there's, there's, what's negative about what's, what, what happened is that nobody gets me anymore. Um, I've lost a lot of people because they don't believe my story. Um, I lost a lot of people the day I shared. Hmm. And so. Now um, now I can share to the world because I've lost the people I love who when, shouldn't they be the ones saying, well, tell me more. Tell me more. What was it like? Um, but they don't want to hear anything about it. Like they want to pretend it never happened. And I can't pretend it never happened because I'll never, ever be the same. I appreciate every breath, every morning, the first breath I take. I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Whatever you did to make my heart turn around and make me jump out of that bed and be able to walk again. Um, and just thank you. thank you. Thank you.
1: What do you think inspires you about your experience?
0: The fact that there is a God. Like, if If there wasn't a God, how would this woman beside me be able to read my mind. So that inspires me like, wow, it's really real. like may, maybe maybe the stories in the Bible really are real. Like maybe I should read the Bible and understand it. like and there's so many different versions and in books and there's so much to learn that I, I I don't know any of it. So um I've started, you know, I've started learning about more of this and I'm meeting people that are teaching me um, more about the Bible and it's it's made me you know I'm not, I'm not religious I'm trying to figure out you know my, since my, my dad passed what kind of service should I have for him and I can't make a decision I don't know because it's it's like, can we call it Lisa's religion? And I make up my own. Because that's kind of how I feel. Like I have this, I have my own religion with God. I have my own connection with God. And nobody else has this. And I can't really share it with anyone because nobody was there with me. Um, it's just, it's just us. Um, So I'm like, I don't feel like I'm on this planet anymore. Like, I feel like I'm up in the astral plane and floating around, looking down at at what's going on on the earth, thinking like, all right, so what's going to happen and and where do I fit into this puzzle and how am I going to make this place better?
1: During your experience, were you ever out of your body at a point of time and you could like look and see your body like, you know, from the side of the room or something?
0: I I couldn't see my body. I could see a lot of other people's bodies, um, in, in detail, you know, like the hospitalist, I could see her face, I could see her coat, I could see her name on her jacket, um, I could see the people looking at the computer screen, looking at my heart monitor, um, you know, and I mean, I was having PVCs. I was, my, my heart was just going, you know, it was, it was, it was time to get the paddles and, then um, it stopped. It just stopped. And my heart rate went down and it wasn't when, when, when they gave me the pills either. It just, it wasn't exactly then. And they didn't give me anything in addition because I double-checked all the medical records, which were, you know, this big, um, to make sure, like, did they give me some adrenaline because, or epinephrine, because why did I have the energy to jump out of bed and go to the bathroom and walk to the nurse's station? Like, I was bedridden for weeks before that, months before that. What happened? How how could I do that all of a sudden? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's more unanswered questions than there are question. I mean, than there are questions. I I can't answer any of them, and the documentation can't answer it, and nobody there will answer anything because according to them, it was a panic attack. But if it was, they would have written it in the medical records. So what? Well, what happened to me was it a near was it a near death experience i mean the medical records show it should have been my 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 heart was not behaving properly but did they do things that i don't know about to make it better and not document it i don't know i'll never know I just know that I'm a different person and um, I'm kind of grateful it happens because now I know what it's like to die and it's not so bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you say, you say
0: that know, after the original pain, you know, the initial pain, then it doesn't hurt so much. Then it doesn't hurt at all. Actually. It, you don't feel anything
1: would you say that you are spiritually transformed by this experience
0: absolutely i i consider myself like a phoenix like i've i've been burnt to the ashes and i've risen and i've risen in in, in a different form you know i i have the same body that I had a long time ago. Like I've de-aged, um, which I find very bizarre because like I, I, I post my pictures. Today's the anniversary of my neck has been stable for two years and three months today. And so I'll post my picture of me swimming and what I, what I look like every year for the past five years today. And the transformation is just you wouldn't recognize me. Um at all. But because I look I, I look younger than I like I I, I de
1: Well, if people find out about that, they're gonna want to have an NDE just so they
0: can Yeah, <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like Ponce de Leon's, uh, fountain. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Surprise! Your friends don't want to know what your secret is.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. To tell you the truth, it um, I there's there's some real positives to it, um, but it was it was very scary to feel like you were that was going to be the end. Like that, like I had so many regrets of things. So now I have a giant bucket list and my goal is to accomplish my bucket list. And that's what I'm doing. And so it's my experience has really helped me because now I'm focusing on what Lisa wants to do in life. And I'm 58 years old and um, it's about time that I get to do what I want to do. And, um, I guess it took a near-death experience for me to believe that in order to do it, and um, I am doing it, and um, it's very freeing, and it's very freeing not to be afraid to die. Like, okay. If I go, I go. If I if I get into another car accident, I guess. Three wasn't enough. The fourth the fourth one did it, you know. It's it's like it's like that movie that kept coming people kept coming back from the dead, they couldn't die. And um maybe that's me. Maybe I maybe the fourth accident's gonna do me in. But I just started driving again and I'm uh, I'm I'm taking the risk.
1: Do you feel like you're living a more authentic life now?
0: Absolutely. For the first time in my entire life, I'm living authentically. I, I believe I am. I've gone through what I've gone through, and I've become who I am because of all of these experiences. And I wouldn't trade any one of them because I wouldn't be where I am now. Which is a pretty cool place, even though it's it's lonely here. Um, But it's a it's a pretty cool place to.
1: Do you have anything that you want to promote?
0: No, you know, so many people have told me write a book, write a book, write a book. And you know, my the guy I went to high school with is a producer out in California, and he's won Emmys, and I could probably get him to make a movie. And you know, there's another woman I know who has. A movie on Netflix. Who has the same neck injury as me? Um, you know, I I don't want to write a book because, well, first of all, I can't write. My handwriting is gone. I I, I like scribble like a kid. Um, I have a I have a I have a big thing to put around my pens to practice so I can get better at it. Um, my I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's because of my neck. And, and how the nerves are, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it's not getting better, better fast enough. So the fact of writing, um, I, in order to write something, I need to write it. Um, or I need to talk it. So I would need someone else to do the writing. Um, I could do, you know, I could do Google Voice to doc. But then I have to, you know, it's so much work and I, I thought of doing a blog about my neck injury and I think that would help a lot of people more than and I have that all documented um, so it's more of a copy and paste. And, I mean, this stuff that happened to me it's so hard to talk about. Um, and when when I talk about it I remember more and more of it and it's really hard to Think about the fact that I could be gone just like that. You could, all of us, it could be over just like that.
1: Is the memory of it fading or is it as clear as it was, you know, when it happened?
0: I think it's as clear as it was when it happened. Um, Sometimes I wonder if it's fading and then I think about it or we now talking about it. It's clear as day. I mean, I I can I can picture myself getting out of the shower singing shalom havarim, shalom havarim. I even asked the neighbor who was who was Jewish. I said, Do you watch, you know, any Hebrew TV uh, or play any Hebrew music? Do you know the song Shalom Havreim? And I played it for him on YouTube. And he said, I know that song, but no, I I I haven't played that since you've been here. And um, I called up all my Jewish friends from when I was a kid. And um, I asked them, did we perform this during one of the Christmas presentations? and Or did we do it at your grandmother's house, you know, when we lit the candles on the menorah? And they're like, I never heard of the song before. And nobody, none of, not, nobody, none of my Jewish friends knew, knew the song at all. And I'm like, so how come I know the song? And I don't know why. Hmm. But, like, I know the song. I've sang the song over and over and over again. Like, and I, I, I it's crystal clear. Crystal clear. The whole, the whole experience is crystal clear. Right now, talking about it. It fades when I don't talk.
1: During the experience, were you having any feeling of peace, safety, comfort, or were you more fighting like you didn't want to die, more panicking?
0: Total peace, total comfort, total nothing. I felt not, like my body I, I couldn't feel my body at all. I was completely not in my body. I was I was I Whatever that was. It wasn't connected to me. This me. This me just like it didn't exist. It was it was lying in the bed waiting for help. But it wasn't me.
1: Where while you were having the experience, were you less interested in you like not even really thinking about you anymore you were more your attention was more on what was going on in the hospital and whatever else was around you
0: absolutely i i could care less about me like i i didn't want to die i wanted to keep breathing but it was really cool that i could see everything and everybody and i i mean i could i could see people everywhere um it was it was it was it was like a, a crazy movie and I was really intrigued by it. Um, like I could it, it was like you know it's like you, you blink your eyes and you're there. Um, so i I felt the telemetry people were in India. That's where I thought they were. and they were saying, why aren't they why 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 aren't they why aren't they going? why aren't they going? But I, I, I just felt that they were far away. It wasn't hearing, seeing. It was feeling. It was knowing. And and watching. But I, I didn't have a body. And I wasn't visible. And I wasn't like up in the air or anything like that. And I didn't see any white lights or anything like that. Um, none of the... None, and the weird thing is... I have so many books on near-death near, the, near death experiences. I was so into it um, probably 30 years ago. I just, I, I have so many books, so many books. And I don't know why. Well, maybe I do know why. Maybe I needed to read all those books so I could endure what I endured. And the, the other thing was, my breathing, my, um, my nurse was a yoga teacher and she taught me the breath of life. And so I was breathing the breath of life as my friend was chanting the breath, the, the chant of life. And um, I think they worked. Mm. And so I, I called up my nurse and she's like, oh, my God, I've been thinking about you for days. Something happened to you, didn't it? And I said, "Yeah, it did." But you're, I could hear your voice coaching me through breathing. It was as if I was having a, it was as if I was having a session with her, breathing over the over a, a, a over a Zoom call, just like we are. Hmm. And she's like, I, "I haven't been able to stop thinking of you." And I'm like, "Well, that's because you were on my mind." <laughs> We're connected. Mm. Somehow, some way. we're connected.
1: All right. Well, before we finish up here, do you have one last positive message that you can share with everyone?
0: Don't be afraid of dying.
1: That's a good message. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us today. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best and have a great evening. You
0: too. You too. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.